Why are expectations so high? Is it the bar I set, my arms I stretch, but I can't reach? A far cry from it, or it's in my grasp, but as soon as I grab squeeze, I lose my grip like the flying trapeze into the dark I plummet. Welcome to episode 179 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. This is going to be a great one. We interview Christopher Franchi, artist extraordinaire from Batman 66 and now Guardians of the Galaxy. I love talking to Chris because he's probably one of the most passionate, honest, and cool human beings I talk to on a weekly basis about pinball and in life and about bulldogs and all sorts of cool stuff. So we're going to air that in a little bit. I think you're going to love it. Um, before that, a couple news items, and then we'll get right to it. Now, today's an interesting day because the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that we saw the Jack Danger dead flip stream of Guardians of the Galaxy pinball. And this was an interesting thing that they did it today because we got a whole bunch of gameplay footage from the IAPA show in Florida, and I was a little bit concerned that when Jack got on the machine, it wouldn't be anything new. And I thought there'd be... Uh, sort of newer code they would give Jack to play so that we'd get like more of a sense of how the Guardian's world would come to life during this dead flip stream. And I have to say, like many of you out there who really watch all these dead flip streams, I think this, out of all of them, left me so underwhelmed and simply because it's quite clear that the code is not far enough along to allow media to play the game because there were absolutely no callouts in the game whatsoever. And you could say like, yes, they were removed from the code and that's what they were telling us. They were, they're gonna be in there, but they weren't in today. And it's just, again, I just say like, why do, why do you market something in such a weird way? Because right now, Guardians of the Galaxy is shipping. Distributors are asking people for their money now to lock in LE orders and to get people to buy the Pro. After watching that game today, I, I don't know how you walk away without saying the code's just nowhere near, nowhere near the point where the game should ship to customers. And now people are looking to the customers who are the early adopters and, and, and asking them, hey, can you upload footage to see what kind of callouts are in there? It just doesn't make any sense. There's absolutely no reason why a licensor would want Stern to do the dead flip stream without callouts if callouts were available. I mean, I don't know, maybe they're in licensing negotiations with some of the voice actors or whatever. Whatever it could be, then you know what? then don't do the dead flip thing. I couldn't help but turn it off after 10 minutes. And the reason why I came back on like at, towards the end, it, it was like watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, a silent movie with these characters just like staring at each other, but no one wanted to say anything. It's like, somebody say something. Tell me what to do. Give me a single call out. Watching a pinball machine with no call outs is horrendous horrendous and I know Jack didn't want that it probably wasn't the code he was expecting uh, but I think Stern is really at a point now where they need to stop with this whole we're gonna send consumers something that's not quite ready yet I mean are we really going to absorb the role as a beta tester for Stern 
where code's not done. We haven't seen the game, you know, playing properly. We don't really know what's in it, but yet they're selling it to me right now, and I don't have enough information to make a wise decision. So I think at the end of the day, everyone, you need to go find the Guardians and play it before you um, spend your money on it, because you, you you can't tell from these videos like what's really there. Speaking of what's really there, Bubba just walked into the room, so I, I had to get him out. That's what that pitter-pattering was. All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? So how about this? For those of you out there who are pinball designers, a company is looking for a pinball designer, and that company is Deep Root Pinball, and they are willing to spend seventy-five dollars to $90,000 a year for your pinball design skills. The only problem is you'd probably be uh, teaming up with Mr. John Papaduke Jr., who is their lead game designer over there right now. And what was interesting is a few people sent me this and they said, oh man, this means J-Pop is out and they're looking for a new designer. And I think the news that they would have booted J-Pop would have been good news. But then right after posting that they're looking for this job, they confirmed that their relationship with John has not changed and John is still the lead game designer over at Deep Root Pinball. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, this is one of those things where whatever, right? We, we, we may see something from these guys. It'll probably take years. And by the time anything materializes, nobody's going to care. Nobody's willing to give John another shot in pinball. I don't know why these guys are doing it. Uh, what else is going on? So the Big Lebowski and Dutch Pinball had a little bit of an update. Their updates are always the same. It goes something like this. Um, we're not there yet. Uh, when we get there, we'll tell you. But we're not there yet. It's just, it's always the same thing. I mean, by the time the Big Lebowski comes out, we'll be playing like virtual reality pinball. It, it, it'll be uh, no longer fresh, no longer new, no longer innovative. And, you know, who cares? Like four years later, by the time this game comes out, uh, after they've revealed it and it's just I think people are just over it I hope I hope they get it out I hope people who paid for the game get their machine because that's the part that sucks is that a lot of people spent money with these guys and they have nothing to show for it nothing to show for it um, what else is going on in pinball so total nuclear annihilation is the greatest pinball machine of all time according to Pinside that is if you look at the top 100 games and I'm going to go right now and look in real time at the top 100 and we'll see where it's at right now total nuclear annihilation with a 9.276 rating is number one it is better than attack from mars medieval madness monster bash twilight zone lord of the rings dialed in adam's family okay what's so silly about this is with 15 ratings it can be number one i mean that it's just it's just comical. I mean, what will happen now is what always what happens is people who are upset by this will now go in and rank this game as zero just to bring it back down to reality. Um, look, I'm glad Scott's game is out. I think people are enjoying it. I think this is just another testament of the goodwill Scott has with the community. I also think someone needs to figure out a new way to rank pinball machines. There needs to be like a Rotten Tomatoes aggregator of pinball machines because if I was a person and I was going to go buy a pinball machine it's really hard to figure out amongst the newer titles where do these games fall within you know the larger scheme of things 
I, I th almost feel like it's hard, right? Because nothing is weighed properly. You know, do we have a ranking for games with LCDs? Is it, do we just rank all pinball together? Is, is, is there an ability to uh, separate, like, styles of games? Like, what's the best game with flow? Like, is there a way to rank it like that? What's the best game if, if toys are what I'm looking for? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all very arbitrary. And these rankings and these reviews, they don't really mean anything. I mean, you could go down this list, and I could tell you that, yeah, I find half of these games in the top 10 to be like kind of mediocre to me. Some people swear by them. Like ACDC, for example, number 10. Some people love that game. Some people hate that game. Lord of the Rings, I, I still think it's Stern's best game ever. Some people can't stand that game because of the long ball times. All right. What else is going on in the pinball world? So so Alien Pinball, we've, we've talked about Highway Pinball. Um, the refund requests have not all been settled. But I want to say this. It's what? It's November 20th. Can we all now just stop? Like stop beating these guys up like every day on Pinside. I go into the thread and it's it's just like everybody knows everything by now. There are no new people who are stumbling across Highway Pinball at this point. If people have money in on the game, and they want to stick it out, they'll stick it out. If people have asked for refunds, they deserve a refund. The game definitely has some issues. It has some technical difficulties. and But there's just a lot of people, I'm starting to notice, there's just a lot of people that are going a little bit overboard with describing some of the issues with the games. You know, someone was saying how, like, if a switch goes out, you have to replace the whole board. And that's not actually accurate or true. And I think people are, you know, a lot of people are rooting against the, this company. And you know what? I understand why they have fans and they have enemies. Whenever you do this and you make people wait a really long time and Andrew Highway's lies, they don't just go away, right? You don't just, you don't just get a pass because you sidestepped and investors came in. Like there's a lot of ill will still floating around this company. And so because of that, the environment will always be toxic until everyone is made whole, until everyone who paid for their game gets what they paid for, and everyone who's asked for a refund gets that refund. But right now, I think everyone needs to chill out. It's Thanksgiving this week. Let, let this company just do its thing for the next few months, and it's all on you. If, but if you can't get a refund, those are the people that they need to get those people their money and they need to let them get on with their lives and go buy other machines, okay? All right, without further ado, I want to air this interview with Christopher Franchi. I love talking to Chris. He's very honest. He's, he tells it like it is. I think he's a tremendous asset to Stern Pinball. I think Guardians is a wonderful-looking machine. Uh, I, I, I think there's elements of that game that are yet to be determined and I think a lot of people are wising up and want to play these machines and make sure they enjoy them but one thing is for certain the majority of time you spend looking at a pinball machine you will be looking at the artwork and you will be looking at the layout and you will be looking at pinball as a work of art and a world under glass and for the longest time we had terrible 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 art packages coming from stern pinball and they know it and they hired three great artists zombie yeti dirty donnie 
and Christopher Franchi, who are just killing it. They keep making these machines look better and better and better. And it's hard to deny that when you look at a game like Guardians, you don't get a little bit excited, right? It looks great. And he had four months to do this game versus the, the Batman 66 job that he just had a few weeks to do. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. Uh, I, I think that having him in pinball is a good thing. And you'll hear, he's going to talk about what's coming in the future. And I think that's going to really excite you. So make sure you listen to the end. Without further delay, Mr. Christopher Franchi. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Uh, a very, very special guest, Mr. Christopher Franchi, whose artwork is now on game number two. He did Batman 66, and he just completed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Pinball. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. How are you? I I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad to have you back on. You and I are sort of like friends outside of just the podcast and we talk about pinball all the time i believe are... the proper term is facebook friends right <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if we'd recognize each other walking down the street but we uh we have very good banter back and forth and i love i love that you're a geek i mean is that fair to say that you're like you, I, I saw your batman collection and i'm like my god oh yeah oh yeah yep uh yeah always have been uh always will be that's the way i prefer to be so right well, you know what I always say, like people who are passionate about stuff, they, they make the world go round. And, and speaking about passion, I know that when you are doing an art project, you want to put your heart and soul into it. And on the last time we talked, we talked all about sort of the 11th hour request to make oh, yeah. Batman as special as you could. And I think you pulled off a miracle getting that game to look as phenomenal as it does. How much more time did you have to do Guardians of the Galaxy? I had the luxury of about four months, four, four or five months um, from the point where we first started talking about it. And of course, there was a lot of uh, sort of stall time uh, in there because like, you know, I might have had the cabinets in the back glass done. And then, you know, I think I waited a few weeks before I was able to start working on the uh, play field, you know. But um, yeah, as far as time goes, you know. It was definitely not, you know, I look back at Batman and I call it Hell Week because <laughs> it really wasn't much more than a week of time that I had to get that together. I would, um, right. was had the wonderful luxury of having a, a lot of time to, to think this one out. Are you happy with the way everything turned out with Batman in the end? I mean, it seems like the game is coming along now with the code. I know it's been a long year, right? You've, you've probably been listening to people complaining that the code... Oh, yeah isn't where they wanted it to be, but it's starting to get there. What was it like right. sort of watching people get uh, your product it, it, and be sort of unsatisfied with it? It sucked, <laughs> to be honest, because um, it was my first pinball game. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it was my dream theme. You know, obviously, you've let, you know, like we talked about my Batman collection, Um and I didn't have a lot of time to work on it, but from from the time that I had and what I did, I, I thought, you know, I, I I couldn't have asked much more of myself. And so so I, I thought it, thought it was good. And as a Batman fan and as a Batman collector, you know, I would have been thrilled to have that game in my collection, and I do. Um, and then to see, you know, like it, it just turned into like the redheaded stepchild of pinball, and it wasn't right. because of the artwork. 
uh, I didn't hear any complaints really about the artwork. Uh, it was like the, you know, the video. Please send us a video begging us for permission to buy one of our games. Uh, you know, the code will have an update every two weeks on a Thursday or whatever, and it didn't. You know, all these different things disappointed people to the point where they just kind of flagged the game as this joke. And that was really disappointing because, you know, I, I, I kind of broke into a new market. I've been doing artwork for the entertainment industry for a long time. But, um, you know, when I got called in for Batman, I'm like, I love pinball. This is great, you know. And, and I just get hauled in and, and pulled this miracle off, at least as far as I'm concerned. And everyone just kind of makes a joke about it. And, you know, it, re it really sucked, <laughs> to right, tell you right. the truth. Um, you know, I had since learned, you know, what pin side is like and not, you know, I don't want to blackball everybody on pin side. But, you know, there is a faction of trolls on there that just I don't know if they just can't afford a game. So they just bitch about everything or, you know, what their problem is. Uh, you know, I've, I've since learned that. Um, but I lately I've been hearing you know, now that Lyman is getting the code around to where he wants it and people are playing it and they're really liking it. It's definitely taken the sting off and, right. and you know i'm still proud of it i don't care what what people say and uh you know about the game and there, there's a few people that you know made remarks like oh skittles or whatever you know the same old stupid joke um <laughs> you know watch a tv show you know batman was an extremely colorful show and, and i think you know i'm gonna get branded like the skittles artist or something because batman was a colorful show so that's how i designed it Guardians of the Galaxy was a colorful movie, so that's how I designed it. I think everybody's just going to think I'm just going to turn every property into a Skittles game or something. But you know, whatever. <laughs> no, but the, you know the 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 bright colored games in the game room pop, and I think you're right. I think the colors you're using are the color palettes that are coming from these franchises. You're not you're not making these color patterns up and and using you know this. It's true to those universes. Um, yeah. So it's, I think in the end, though, I think what's interesting, Chris, is you're still not seeing a lot of Batman, whether LEs or Super LEs, come up for sale. And I think that's testament that people have a lot of faith in Lyman Sheets and that yeah. in the end he'll make this game great. And so we'll see. I think we someone put up a, a, a timeline of how long it takes Lyman to finally finish a game from beginning to end. It's, it's somewhere in the seven to 800 days. So we right. might have another six months to a year before it's complete, complete. Um, but in the end, it's usually worth it. So you might have the right. last laugh of all the people who criticized oh, yeah. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's a fantastic game. You know, to tell you the truth, I'm still playing the version that it came with. You know, I got it in February, so I don't know what version it is, but it's a very early version of the code. And I've never updated. I still have a ball. <laughs> right. I know I'm missing out. I've seen some cool videos of, you know, like Batman running around with a pinball like it's the bomb. And, uh, you know, are you waiting to... for it to be done before you update or are you just too lazy? A, a little of both, actually. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say lazy. I just don't care. You know, I've, I've never been. I mean, this is probably sacrilegious to say to the pinball crowd, but I've never been big into code because I grew up playing games that didn't have any. Right. You know, I mean, I grew up playing Captain Fantastic. You know, we had like, you know, uh, you know, a, a couple of drop down <laughs> targets and three pop bumpers in the middle. And that was about it. Right. Um, you know, so so all of that stuff is still kind of foreign to me. I watch 
Like I watched Jack Danger's videos on, you know, how to play Batman. And I'm like, wait, hit the computer how many times? And then what, you know, and then I'm trying to do it and I lose count. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. I, you know, if I just get a lot of points, I'm like, all right, I did something right. I'll try right. to do that again. But, you know, it, it's th- that that part isn't as important to me. And that's not to say that I, uh, you know, don't think that anybody you know uh, other players i'm searching for the right word but uh you know it's definitely valid to be concerned about that or to you know make sure that the code is good or whatever you know people that are into that it's a valid thing so i get it it's just not important to me right well, i think you know i think the community is definitely mixed in in terms of look how they look at code and what they want from a machine and i think you know we're gonna sort of maybe jump around a little bit tonight but i think you know a lot of people tonight watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Jack Danger's stream over at Stern today of of, yeah. of the machine, and code is really early on. And I, I think what the point you just made is something I've I've been feeling for a long time, and that's so much of pinball now is being critiqued by what's up on the LCD screen, right? And it's yeah. it's almost like people are missing the game, and even the games themselves. It's like, are we are we watching something or are we playing something? And you can't do both at the same time. When you're playing pinball, you're looking down, so everything right. that's up there, you you can't even watch it. So yeah, I, it's not a it's not a video game. It's a fucking pinball machine. You know, right. that, whatever's on that screen is for anybody that's around you. Right. Well, there were no, and what was interesting tonight, and and I don't know why, and and I know you were watching some of the stream. There yeah. weren't any callouts from the actors in the movie. And I think that sort of like jumped out as like we're just hearing music. Like you saw the clips from the film, and there weren't the actors. It was like they were having like a silent right. movie staring competition. Uh, but I, I, I guess those callouts are going to go in. But the the code is early on. Um, and yeah, you know, I want to talk a lot about a lot about the art. And I think my only thing is, and I and I know you know Chris, you're sort of caught up in the middle of you've done your work, right? Like you've completed everything they asked you to do. Uh, right. But a pinball machine, when it goes to the public, the art and the design and the layout, that's one thing. And then the software becomes another thing. And it just always seems to be this hard to get all the elements completed on day one when consumers pick up the game. Because people actually have the game in their collection today. Right. Um, at least they're going to get to look at beautiful art. So let's talk about the creation of this game because you had more time. You get the assignment. Did you, when did you first hear that Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be the next title, and were you excited when you were told that's what you'd be working on? Uh, it was about a month after Expo last year, and uh, I was definitely excited because um, I had kind of hopped on the Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy bandwagon late. I did not see it in theaters, the first one. Um, and somebody told me, I'm, I'm just not really a big Marvel fan. I'm, I'm a Batman fan. And, uh, someone told me that I should really check it out. So I watched it and it was, it, it was only maybe a couple months before they told me I'd be working on it. And when I watched it, I fell in love with it. Right. So, uh, yeah, I was very excited to, uh, to get the chance to do that. So you hear about it. And then from there, Walk us through the process because I know when you came on the Batman, it was like you you inherited a game that needed like quick touch ups, and you were able to sort of take stuff out and put your stuff in and make it look great. Here you're working with a blank canvas. Now, 
how does it work? So John Borg is designing the game. You can get going immediately on the cabinet and the back box. And are you working with the studio in terms of what assets you can use? How did, how did it work for you with this game? Yeah, that's basically dead on. I came in for a meeting and they had a very crude white wood together and I'm just looking at this thing and I'm like, okay. And, (laughs) you know, when you look as an artist, when you look at a white wood, it's extremely intimidating because all you see are ramps and plastics and uh, inserts everywhere and nothing else. Nothing ties it together. So it just looks like a big mess. You know, it looks like a, 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 uh, twister, you know, mat <laughs> with right. just little circle dots everywhere, and uh, and then you've got to go. Okay, well, I'm filling up this space. I got to make it interesting. There's crap everywhere. I don't know what to do with this. Um, so my my, our, my first meeting going out there was was pretty intimidating because I did not do the playfield on Batman. I only did the character art. I did the you know the villains and the Batman and the Robin. I did the the artwork of them on the bat poles that go down the side drains and. Uh, you know, basically they said, we need this, draw this and send it in. And, and, uh, Kevin O'Connor did the, uh, the play field and he just placed my art in there. So coming into guardians, you know, that was a scary task, you know, doing a back glass and the side cabinets easy. You just, it's like creating a piece of art, you know, make something interesting. There's nothing in the way, um, other than a hinge on the back, you know, back box hinge, uh, you know, do what you want, but right. So uh, I was really focusing on that white wood and, and trying to think of, you know, what I was going to what I was going to do with that. And then basically I got back and, and put that on the back burner and started all the cabinets and back glass designs. Uh, as far as assets from uh, Marvel, uh, I got a whole zip drive or not zip drive, but uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, Portable hard drive, right. full of junk, you know, logos, background things, and whatnot. And uh, you know, as an artist, you tend to want to not use any of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, what can I get away with? Um, so I, I did as much as I could um, on my own. Uh, I, I tried to ignore the the, the backgrounds and uh, you know, use as much as I thought that. Uh, marvel would be happy with like the the uh the hexagon pattern thing that was me um and and to to answer all the critics out there was like what's with all these hexagons if you pay attention to the movie that's how they jump from uh you know all the different uh galaxies as they're going through these little hexagon right and when they go through it when they go through it it kind of pings and you can see all of these hexagons attached to it that make a big hexagon field. So, you know, since it was Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, I thought, well, what what better way, you know, what better pattern to use than than you know the the sort of the web that ties all these galaxies together. Right, and and when, when I'm looking at the playfield now, Chris, and when you're doing the character art now, is Marvel giving you? images or photographs or stills from the film and say hey you can draw chris pratt like this or are you allowed to freely draw him however you want 
Well, what what happened was, um, you know, I don't know what their standard rule is because I don't think it applied to this situation. Because what happened was, I had submitted a pencil sketch uh, very early on, and I hate, I, I really don't like doing pencil sketches for for concepts. I'll do them at my house, you know, and kind of rough out what I want to do. Usually, not spend a lot of time on it, just so I can get down. Head goes here, shape goes here, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, on the pencil sketch, I had the five characters on the side, and Chris Pratt looked a little funky. But it was just because I didn't take a lot of time doing it. I'm just, you know, I, I figured, well, they know what my artwork looks like. They know it, you know, it's going to look like him. But here's where his head goes. And I think they put a little bit too much stock into the the quick sketch and went, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. Um, maybe you should just use style guide art, photos or whatever. So then I submitted a drawing of uh, Rocket and Groot that I had done. And they were fine with that. So I'm like, okay, well, what I'm basically going to do that is I'm going to draw everything. And if they tell me to replace anything, I'll replace it. And that's basically what I did. And when when the day was done, they didn't change a thing. Okay. I mean, I even got away with, well, there's an Easter egg on there. We'll, we'll reveal one Easter egg right now just for the sake of this part of the discussion. Uh, if you were to, if you're cleaning your machine and you unscrew your metal ramp in the shooter lane, Underneath it has got a picture of the Milano flying through space, and it says, "You said it, bitch." We're the Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and they saw that and they they let it go. They didn't care. Um, wow, that's a, cool. a lot of characters that weren't in the style guide, I used like I did a drawing of Cosmo, and they let it through. I did a drawing of the um, oh, it's kind of a crew drawing because it's for an insert, but the uh, the broker. And they let that through, um, but we were not allowed to touch the collector. Apparently, Benicio del Toro had this deal where it's like, because there there was representation of him in the style guide and the assets, but they were just like silhouettes or like you know it would look like a spotlight was shining on his stomach, you know, but his head right. was all dark. So that was obviously um, off limits. But uh, yeah, so everything else uh, I drew and. and they accept that I even the uh, I knew we only had the license for the first movie, but around the time that I started working on this, they were advertising the sequel, and they had these. I was in Vegas at the time, and they had this massive billboard, you know, LED billboard on one of the casinos with with uh, the uh, advertisement for part two, and it had this big fiery ring around them, and like the colors were all really bright, and I'm just like, that looks beautiful, but it's not a character. I'll bet I could get away with that. So I recreated it, and that's that fire ring that you see in all the art packages that ties all the characters together, and that's, that's you know, just basically me trying to milk as much as I can out of it as possible. So all these people who are bitching about this and that, it's like, look, I'm on your side, you know? Right. I want, this, I want this game to be as good as it possibly can be as well, and I'm going to get away with whatever I can to make everybody happy. Right. And and so when you talk about the style guide with the characters, so, for example, like the Chris Pratt holding the gun up with his left hand. Now, is that yeah. they gave you a style guide image of him in that pose? or, or did Yeah, you... I had, I had put the poster shots. Right. 
and I just drew from that because that's what I had. Right. Uh, I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't have the time to like go through and like, you know, draw from, you know, screen grabs or whatever and pray that they would approve it. Or if not, you know, I just spent three days on an illustration that's going to get, get thrown in the garbage can and I start over again. So I knew if I, if I based all the artwork on, on you know, pre-approved poses that they had from posters and whatnot, that it would be cool. And so everything worked out like that. What's interesting, Chris, when you talked about seeing the Whitewood and, and how the Whitewood is filled with inserts, uh, one of the cool features of this game in terms of integration of, of inserts and artwork is the Star-Lord image between the flippers where his eyes are inserts. Were, were, was that yeah. originally planned by, by Borg to have that there and the inserts were put there, or is that something you guys worked on together? That is 100% John Borg. When Very I cool. got the... Well, yeah, when I got the uh, schematic with all the inserts, those two inserts were there, and it said in type, Star-Lord Mask. <laughs> so that's exactly what he wanted. When, when you're doing a play field, and I'm, as I look at it now, how do how, talk to me about the layering to get the effect, right? So we've got all this, you've got the characters, but then behind them, or sort of what they're sitting on top of, is is you know sort of the the cosmos and you have different elements going on you've got Groot with the vines how do you how yeah. do you map that out like what comes first um well you know to be honest i i had a rough idea of what i wanted to do um you know as far as what i wanted to incorporate into the design and what i basically did was i started off right in the center i started off with all of the mode icons and built from around there and as i went up i'm like all right i've got to include the villains here's a good space to include these guys because there were so many inserts and i knew that you know all these things were going to be marked off mm -hmm. they're going to be blocking space i've got to work around it um so i basically looked at what i had and said okay well the groot's head is up there rather than just have it look like easter island like you know there's a head sitting on a mound of nothing you know we should tie some of those you know elements into that area so you know coming out of, you know it's almost kind of like the, where the vines and stuff are coming out around it under his chin it's almost kind of like his chest you know mm -hmm. um there's a plastic behind him that has vines on it you know and that sort of represents his shoulders and then of course on the on the the back of the uh play field uh, there are all these vines and all those little glowing embers, and it says we are Groot when he kind of like spread himself out into a big round ball to protect everybody. Um, you know, it, it's just pulling those things together in, in the in the proper areas, uh, right? You, you know, to to fill out a lot of the uh, the sides where the plastics are. I I just made a conscious choice that I did not want to use characters for that. I thought if the characters were on the play field, that's all you need. Let's let's help create this world and this look and the, and the visuals with all the plastics. And that's why they all have this sort of like techno space garb and, you know, whatnot on it, because it just kind of builds, builds the world, helps build the world. Right. And when you're doing the art, Chris, and you're laying out the color scheme, and this is obviously a very uh, a bright, colorful uh, art pattern here. Do, does John talk to you about 
the lighting in the game we're in a full rgb led and 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 do you do you sort of try to work with that or is it is it hard to sort of get a sense of or does it not even matter like how the game's going to light up with how the artwork will be um, he he had literally nothing to say other than star lord's mask goes here <laughs> and that's why i was so intimidated because like I, I don't know if they just wanted to see what i would do with it but they gave me no direction whatsoever. You know, there's like Star Lord's mask goes down here, and then of course they indicated, you know, like this is the Gamora shot, this is the Broker shot, um, but but nothing as far as artwork goes, as far as what was going to be, you know, how things were going to light up or anything. They just said go. Right. So I just started asking questions like, can I put faces on these arrows? Because it seems you know like. It would, it would make, rather than, you know, who's got time to read while you're playing pinball, if you can make an association with a shot, like that's the Gamora shot, because there's her face on the arrow, you know, you you can't screw that up. It just takes a second to see that. So I, I asked if I could do that, and he said, sure. Um, you know, uh, I, when, where the X multipliers are, they said, there needs to be an X on here. I go, well, does this have to be like a black X, or can I make like a really cool looking X? Do what you want. So... Uh, you know, they didn't really give me any direction. They just let me ask questions and told me what I could do and what I couldn't do. And right. we ended up with what we ended up with. And, and honestly, they, I, I, the, the changes that they made were so minor, uh, you know, like as far as like, I think we had a particular color outline around uh, Ronan and they said, well, that lane's going to be yellow. So could you put a yellow halo around him instead of what you have? Um, but that was really it. I think originally that uh, the Yandu shot that goes into that uh, shoot up the side, the left side, and then it, it ends and it has this little thing that says impact area. There's like a white honeycomb pattern I printed over the top plastic, so it would kind of look like it's getting shot into this little cool cage or whatever. Um, they asked me to clear some of that pattern out up at the top so you could see where the ball stopped. And you could see the uh, the insert down in there, but you know, just mild little tweaks like that were you know were all they really asked. And we went with the original design, uh, you know, that I had built from day one. So so not many changes, which is like really interesting because I think you know when we looked at Star Wars, it seemed like Disney you know had a lot of feedback, right? They're really difficult to yeah. work with in terms of. Uh, what they will let you do or get away with, but it sounds like your vision pretty much ninety eight percent is what we're getting, not much yeah. altered. Yeah, and I wouldn't attribute that to to Disney being thrilled with what they got because basically Disney had nothing to do with it. It was all the Marvel people, and Marvel people are honestly wonderful to work with uh, when it comes to art because they're um, they're much more loose with with what you do as long as you as long as what you do fits they're happy but you can bring in a style you can bring in whatever you want to the table and as long as they like it and they think it works they'll go with it whereas like warner brothers with batman and all they're just like no like you know they're very cookie cutter on, on how you do things the, the tv show they're they're a little bit easier on that but you know as far as handling the the comic book character of batman they're you know they're 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 not as loose when it comes to artwork. So, so Marvel, to their credit, uh, yeah, they were just they were happy with what they got, and and so that was really it. They didn't really have any. They didn't have any any changes. Right. 
I mean, I think it looks, you know, obviously I think it looks great. I think people have given the game pretty unanimous appraise for the art. And I think the inserts especially too are very cool. I think we're, you know, we see on some games like just the generic Comic Sans font, but this game has yeah. a lot of character with, with the inserts and it's it's you've got artwork on them, you've got different fonts, you've got things that break up the mm-hmm. monotony of, of the styles, which which in a way comes together in a cohesive, fun sort of art package. Now, Chris, when you first saw the Whitewood were Groot's hands in the original concepts? Because that's something pe- a lot of people have talked about, like his sculpted hands coming out over the play field. The hands? No, I did not see the hands. I saw the head. Um, and the first thing I had seen with the head was like this kind of crudely done uh, 3D printed head. Um, it it kind of had the detail, but it was like there was kind of chunks missing and it was kind of weird. But... Uh, I could tell once it was done, it was going to be a really nice piece because a lot of that sculpted stuff doesn't usually come out super nice. Right. Uh, the hands were basically described to me the first time I saw the whitewood. The first time they they were not there, and there's like there's going to be you know for the for the uh, premium and the LED, there's going to be these hands coming up right here. Um, and uh, basically, I didn't put that into consideration at all. I, I just like it can't be a roadblock for me as far as design goes. I'm just going to do my job. And then that's going to go in where it goes in. Right. And so we're like, let's talk about some of the Easter eggs. So I, I know I'm looking at the Walkman. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Sony, right? They've made it hard to have the actual Walkman from the film itself, right? They have their own yeah. licensing issues with that. So this is sort of like a very close interpretation of, of Star Lord's Walkman, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Originally I had taken the Sony logo and it said Sony <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they weren't having that. We're, we're not Sony, but, uh, uh, Stern, they're like, no, let's just take the name off. And then they said, you know, while you're at it, why don't you just kind of move it around a little and make it look a little bit different. So the buttons aren't in the same place or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I was able to use the tape, but, uh, but the, right. the Walkman, yeah, just changed a little bit. That's not really even an Easter egg. It's just there's so much going on in here. Right. What, 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 should we, what should we be looking at that's like a little hidden detail inside this, this art package? Because I'm, I'm just scanning. Yeah. Well, you've got um, on the, uh, there's two plastics stacked, stacked on top of each other right when the ball comes out of the shooter lane. And uh, it lines up right underneath a ramp. So if you look at the right ramp up at the top, you'll see. Um, God, I forgot his name. Who's the dog? There's a little. <laughs> is it Cosmo? Am I just making yeah, that Cos- up? Yeah, Cosmo. Yep, Cosmo. It says Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little Cosmo there. So I put him in because he kind of he just kind of randomly, even in the comic books, he just kind of pops up here and there. So right. I had to get him in there. Um, you can't really see it when you're playing the game, but if you walked up along the left side and looked at the left orbit, uh, Ronin's up there and he's saying, you dare to oppose me, and he's holding his hammer out. Um, that's sort of an Easter egg because, like I said, when you're standing there playing, when you can't see it, you got to walk around and look for it. Um, okay, we, talked about, we talked about the you said it, bitch. <laughs> um, other than that, the only the only other one, well, there's there's a, there's another Easter egg and there's another tribute. Uh, the other Easter egg is the uh, on the pro only on the left sling. 
there is a uh, a little like gauge, it looks like a you know oil gauge from an old car or something. And I took the alphabet, the uh, the uh, Guardian's alphabet for it was one of the foreign language alphabets. I don't remember which one. And it basically spelled my last name with these characters. And if you look at it, you can kind of see my name because the letters aren't that far off from you know regular English letters. They just look kind of digital and funky. Right. But, uh, Very cool. So and- that, and then the the tribute. It's a small little tribute to Paul Ferris, who did uh, well m- m- numerous games, but in particular the '89 uh, Batman. He had the uh, um, coming down the. Uh, I'm still getting used to all these different terms too. The uh, the drop lane that uh, comes down to the to the flipper. So there's the out lane, and then mm-hmm. the drop lane. Is that what it's called? Oh my god! Isn't it in lane? I don't. I think so. Yeah. What, oh, you're asking like the. I I get the pinball terminology wrong all the time, and I get chastised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy drawing. I haven't got time for these terms. But, yeah, it's just yeah, the stuff so that doesn't drain. Lane. The one that goes to the flipper. We'll just call it that. Yeah, yeah. The right in lane. Um, it has one of the. Uh, uh, the good guy ships. God, I'm not remembering anything today, but. Uh, uh, you know the place where they end up at, and they fix the guy. You know their ship and all that. Whatever that mm-hmm. stupid planet is i don't remember good guy planes coming down there and the uh milano ship coming down the left lane uh in the batman 89 game paul ferris drew the batwing flying down the right in lane and the batmobile driving down the left so that's kind of like a little tribute to him <laughs> putting cool. that in there but uh that's really it for little sneaky stuff right um, I, I had some other stuff that was was going to go in um, there was even a change, you know, if, now might be a good time to address the, uh, did you have any questions about the, uh, the total nuclear annihilation similarities? Oh, so we heard that, right? The, well, it wasn't <laughs> even so much of like the, the art package per se as it was yeah. just stern sort of using eighties. Yeah. It like, was really just that thematic in their logo and everyone's like, yeah. This, as if total nuclear annihilation owns that art pattern. It's all yeah. stuff that's inspired by the eighties art sort of direction looks sort of that in that vein. Right. Yeah. Well, the truth on that logo is that number one, I didn't do it. It was done by a gentleman named Stephen Martin at Stern. Who's a, he's a production guy in the art department there. And he had no concept of what was going on with total nuclear annihilation. He hadn't even seen the game. He just knew uh, you know, that there's that retro look out there and he just did it for fun and no one else caught it. And it just kind of went through. If I had done that, I, I pro- you know, I wouldn't have thought, well, you know, all total nuclear annihilation has the rights on AIDS. I wouldn't have thought that. I just would have thought to myself, just best to stay away because like, for example, the original slings, and this was like a last minute thing. The original slings on guardian of the, of the galaxy had those black and yellow warning bars across the uh, the bounce part of the sling, mm-hmm. you know that sort of a barricade thing. And I saw pictures of uh, TNA when it came out, and they had the same thing. And I'm like, oh shit! So I called up Stern right away and I said, do I have time to make a change on those plastics? And they said, yeah, but you got to get it in like now. So I went and redesigned new sling plastics in like two hours and sent it in to replace it so that it wouldn't be reminiscent right. of that. 
<coughs> I mean, because yeah. I thought, you know, like, what, what dumb luck, you know? Like, I don't think right. there's ever been a pinball with that on it. And, of course, I do it, and then it pops up. Well, the other and part, you, the I, other... I wouldn't say they ripped it off because they never saw my work. The other area, too, I think, in the game people were comparing is, I guess, by the Infinity Stone area of the game, the ball gets trapped behind the drop target. And I know oh, right. TNA has, like, they lock three balls using three different drop targets. But, look, yeah. it's also pinball on some level. All this stuff is inspired by something that came before it. And oh, I, yeah, that was Star Trek. Star Trek yeah, it was in Star Trek. Um so Chris, talk to me about the the cabinet artwork. So you do you design all three, and do you design in terms of like LE Premium Pro, or do you just do three and then you figure out like what what goes where? Um, I I basically design in a package, but I don't I don't design like okay now I'm going to do the LE. Uh, I'll just design. I, I'll start with a cabinet, and then I'll follow through with that. Okay, what would look good in the front? what would make a good back glass so everything's cohesive. Um, the, the one direction I was given is that they really wanted the limited edition one to come off as sort of a Groot and Rocket model, which is why the artwork is leans towards them. And then everyone says, how come it's just Groot and, you know, Rocket so big in the back glass? Because <laughs> well, it's because Borg kind of wanted a Groot and Rocket model. So that's what he got. Um but, you know, basically they kind of left it up to me um, as far as once we had decided, decided on the packages, uh, obviously the, the Rock and Groot one was going to be the the, uh, the LE. But the other two, I, I just thought, and I know a lot of people hate me for it, and I kind of hate myself for it because I'm getting a premium myself. But I thought that the best art package should go on the Pro because that's the one that that's probably going to be seen the most, you know, as far as in arcades and things like that. I said, well, you know, if we really want this thing to, you know, represent Stern and be a killer looking game and the pro is going to be the one that's out there at all these arcades, let's give it the best art package. Whereas right. now, now I'm getting a premium myself and I'm thinking like, you know, I don't mind the art package on the premium, but I'm like, boy, I really wish I could have that pro. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And I've, I've, I've yelled at you off offline or online many times right. because I think my argument is always the people who pay the most should get the nicest looking. It should right. like, like, you know, it's all like for these collectors though. I mean, at the end of the day, unless your machine is on the end of your row of games, you never even end up seeing the cabin artwork for the most part. And when, when people stack their games up, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's, I mean, I think between that and then you also had the whole the WWE armor leftover <laughs> controversy right. that I, I pretty much was fanning those flames as that was going down. I think the thing is this. It's like these games are starting to be really expensive, right, Chris? And I think people are looking at the limited edition versions of anything now, not just Stern games, but every manufacturer. Is right. People are saying, am I getting what I'm paying for? And at this price point, I think people have a right to sort of demand the best and also to not have to add additional things to make the game look great. Because even now, like if you go on an LE for Guardians, you're going to want that laser cut armor, which right. you then have to buy extra, which means you then have an extra set of armor that you don't even need. Yeah. So why can't you just order it from Stern on the game? 
Well, it, I, I can't explain that, but all I can really tell you is everything's based on a bill of goods. Like how much does everything cost? You know, Borg is basically given a budget. He says, okay, you can spend $4,000 to build a limited edition. You can spend 3000 to do a premium, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And he has to work within that realm. Now, it's not his job and it's not in his best interest as a game designer <coughs> to go, you know, screw 4000 I'm going to bring this in at, you know, 3750 just to, you know, make Gary happy. Right. <coughs> no, he's pushing it to that four grand and, and even beyond that, you know, and four grand is not the actual number. I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, he, he's these guys are milking their budgets for everything they can get. Uh, right. what, whether their budget is fair or not to say, you know, again, hypothetically $4,000 for an $8,000 machine, um, you know, is that fair? That, that's not on the designer and who makes those calls and why, I don't know. Um, it's you usually know, one, the, this, the, the, <coughs> the, the bean counters. Um, but look, I mean, look, we, we've said it too. I mean, to Stern's defense, every other manufacturer out there has financially driven themselves into bankruptcy. And so if you want pinball yeah. around in 2017, you have to sort of combine getting the best product with the ability to make a profit on it. I mean, there's just, there's just right. no way around it. And it becomes more expensive yeah. every year to make these kinds of toys. It doesn't become yeah. cheaper. Exactly. Well, and there's, there's one more thing to factor in. And, and for some reason, people don't think it applies to pinball. But I can give you a perfect uh, analogy in that I'm an artist and I sell art prints of my work. And uh, coming out very soon, I did a, an illustration of Bela Lugosi as Dracula. And I'm doing uh, a regular color print of like 100 prints. And then I'm doing a limited edition that's like a it's black and white more or less, but it's got a little bit of gold to it. So it's kind of a warm grayscale. And I'm only doing 20 of those. Now, those are going to cost more to the, the people who are buying them however it doesn't cost me a nickel more to print it right it cost me the same amount as it does the other one but there's only 20 of those it's a limited edition and to have something special and to make it worth people's time to do these things you have to pay for that exclusivity you know that's just right. the way it is you know if, if everything costs the same then what would be special about it right you know yeah i mean i use the car argument all the time there's a reason why people are paying right now thirty thousand dollars over sticker price for for dodge demons because they're only making three thousand in america if they were making yeah. six thousand they'd all sell for the manufacturer's suggested retail price right i i would say stern pro stern is in a little bit of a guessing game with how many le's they announced for each title i think 600 guardians might have been a little bit high you know considering yeah. like only 240 batman le's and when you look at the demographic for pinball buyers it's you know dudes yeah. in their 50s mid 40s 50s and 60s right they're they, Guardians is a, is a great franchise, but it doesn't have the nostalgia, right? That emotionally makes yeah. these guys just part with their money the way Batman does. Right. Um, yeah. So I think you know it's a guessing game a little bit. I think in the end, will they probably sell out all of them? Probably when the code matures and gets to the point where it needs to be. Um, but you know, were you when the game was revealed? What was it like this time around? Because you know you experienced the Batman reveal and. 
this was game two. Just well, walk me through like your emotions on that day. Soul crushing. <laughs> For this one too? Well, no. It, the reason why was that I really wanted them to reveal it at Expo because I was a guest there. And <clears throat> basically that would have taken – and I also did a, an hour-long seminar. And that would have made my seminar, hey, look what I just did. But instead right. it was, hey, look what I did a year ago. Right. And you know how the pinball, pinball world, people have already forgotten about Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And, and that was, what, only a month and a half ago? And they're already right. like, huh, what? I don't know. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it would have been, you know, when you're, when you're making a trip and you're making an appearance, you, you, you know, I, I hope it doesn't sound egotistical over it, but you want it to be celebrated. You want it to, you, you, there's a purpose that you're there and you want people to be happy to see you and, and Hey, I came out with something new and everything's all, you know, there's a buzz and everybody's excited. And instead I went there and I talked about something I did a year ago, which completely put a different spin on my trip there. And I brought my daughter there. Like I'm just going to introduce her to the pinball world. And it was much less exciting for her than it could have been. Uh, so now, do, do you know the reason why, Chris? Was it just like let's let Jack I, do his thing? To, was it timing? We weren't ready. I, I can only assume um, from the bits and pieces I was told that the code wasn't there yet for people to play it, and they didn't want another Batman on their hands. Whereas you have machines roped off and like, look, don't touch. You right. know, it was already bad enough with the tell us why you deserve to buy one of these, but then rope them off and say you can't touch these. You know, <laughs> right? So, so to come back to Expo a year later and do the same thing, I, I just don't think they wanted to do it. I'm sure there's more that goes into their marketing plans uh, than that. But if I had to guess based on the little bit of information that I know, I would say that's what it was. It just wasn't ready. Yeah, I mean, it seems to make sense is that they wouldn't want a repeat. I mean, for you too, I mean, to have like this almost like Groundhog Day, right? At two expos in a row and, yeah. and you know, both times like people aren't able to enjoy the game that, that they visually are enjoying, but they can't flip it um, yeah. would be frustrating. So let's talk about it does get revealed though. So it's not exactly the way you would have liked it to, but it goes out there, right? We've got the, I believe it was the IGN had a story up and you know, right. like I'm a marketer and now part of me is just like, does it even like who even gives a shit about expo or it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, it would have been nice for your daughter to see it, but like right. at the end of the day, it's like, we're, we're talking about a niche hobby within a niche hobby. You know, like there's a right. few thousand people that are, hyper connected and care so much and it doesn't matter what day you could you could announce it on like christmas morning and they would walk away from their families and go watch the reveal you know so right yeah what was it like on that day it was uh, i thought they handled it very well some people were complaining but i thought you know they, they turned it into the day of the guardians rather than the hour of the guardians uh you had the the, the teaser video the day before and then mm -hmm. the next day you had that sort of a, almost a teaser gameplay. And then they revealed the art, but kind of in like a low res. And then uh, later that day, higher res images came out. So it, it kind of like crept up on you. And I, I, I kind of liked that. I thought it made the whole day exciting because you didn't know what to expect next. Because then later on they revealed the armor and the topper. Uh, so, so it kind of took up the whole day and it made the whole day fun. Um you know, again, my re my regret in doing it that way is that, and it's hard to explain to the average person, 
but th these machines, the the, and I'm being selfish in 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 this. The playfield art and the cabinet art looks so much better in person than it does in photos. Right. And that that's what I wanted people to see. I want one that was revealed. I wanted them to see the actual art, how it looks in person. Because um, just the way the colors are, it's really hard to represent and capture in photography. And when I knew that's how it was going to be revealed, I was just kind of like, ah. You right. know. So that was the only bummer. But, but I thought it was a very fun day. And is, Chris, I, is I the, spent the go ahead. Ahead. No, it's just, it's the low res, <laughs> the low res beginning. Is that a strategy or is it just like, cause I'm always like, why do they do that? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I thought it was fun just because like I said, it kind of spread the fun out throughout the day. You know, it, like everybody was on pin side, like, what is that? I can't really see, you know, what's going right, right. on there. And, well, you know, and then later on, they get to see it. But for two hours, three hours, they're speculating and guessing. And <clears throat> it just made the day very fun. Right. Um, I couldn't tell. I don't know why they do anything that like literally I send them artwork. And if I if I call like I had to call them and say or email them and say, hey, Greg, could you like show me a picture of this machine all built? Because, you know, like they just take my work and they're like, all right, thanks. You know, and, and that's it. I'm not in on, you know, any meetings afterwards and, hey, drive in here. You know, we've got a machine built, you know, that none of that happens. It's just kind of like, thanks for the art. See you later. Right. And, you know, because they got a job to do, too. They don't want to be messing around with this stuff. But um, so, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very fun the way they handled it. Um, right, right. And then, of course, I spent the day on pin side and was ecstatic to see that 95 percent of the reviews on the art were. Hundred <laughs> percent, right? Well, I really and I, and I was talking to you on that day, and I, you know, I, it's hard, right? Because you will get the occasional critic who will say the most obnoxious, like, insult, as if he could even draw a stick figure, and it's hard not to take that stuff personally. And I always tell you, like, you do have to have like some thick skin in this hobby because everyone's a fucking critic in pinball. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I'm, well, I'm, I'm used to it. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, uh <laughs> I'm, I'm new to that. I mean, I know obviously there's the internet trolls and that whole thing exists, but I'm new to it when it comes to my work because, you know, I never had that problem before. I've worked in the entertainment industry for a long time and, you know, all the work goes out and, and you know, I did a, a Batman animated film uh, cover, you know, Blu-ray cover and uh, that went out, you know, and there's no website for like, you know, Blu-ray movies where people are going to discuss the artwork. <laughs> I just get my friends, you know, hey, I saw it and I picked it up, you know, great artwork, you know, so that that's the extent of it. But I, I get thrown into this world of pinball and you really experience that firsthand if you spend time, you know, these people who, who, you know, there are people on the internet who think that it's clever and they try to build a reputation for themselves. of just like, who can come up with the funniest insult? Right. You know, and then you got people trying to trump each other. You know, it's kind of like eBay when you bid on something and somebody outbids you and you're like, Oh fuck you fucker. You, you bid more than you really wanted to just to outbid someone. That's what these guys are like on pin side. Some of these people, they're just like, you know, Oh, it looks like unicorn vomit. Oh yeah. Oh, well how about this? You know, and they throw <laughs> out their burn and it just becomes a big stupid game of insults. But I don't think anybody, 
they're, they're, not, they're not concerned with, nor do they give a shit that what they say, you know, is insulting to people. You know, someone who, right. you know, in my case, has spent four months on a project to have someone just come out and go, what a piece of shit, right. <laughs> you know, make a joke. And they may not feel that way, but they want to say it because they want to get laughs. And it's like, right. you know, go to a comedy club if you want laughs. Right. Well, I think the thing, too, is you know, because the people who work on these machines, for the most part, are not on pin side. They're, it's it's right. created an environment where people are a lot more critical because they're not saying it like like in fan of the opera where she, where madame giri's like would you say that in the presence of the composer you know and that's sort of what pin sides become and that's why i like yeah. interviewing you chris and telling the stories behind these machines because if there's one thing i wish stern would do a little bit more of it's it's getting the story of these machines creation out early on so that yeah. people can set their expectations and also just feel better about the game itself you know hearing about how right. long it took to make all the details and you know what we're, our plans are for it and instead there's there's a wall of silence all they see is you want nine thousand dollars from me here it is all right yeah. go like argue debate <laughs> and that's sort of like how games right. come out yeah i don't know what the deal is I mean, they used to make these little you know 10 minute long videos and they'd interview all the people involved and and I'm not sure when those came out because I didn't see them until after I got into pinball when I was working on Batman. And I'm, I'm watching these little you know videos on how they made ACDC and Walking Dead and all that. And I don't know why they quit doing that, but I always thought they should have expanded on that. It should have been 20 minutes long. And, right. and let's really get into it and interview the people and answer all those questions that you think people would have about it. Uh, why they don't do that, I don't know. I, right. I couldn't tell you. A lot of it is just, you know, you become when you become so successful without doing stuff and sometimes it's just like if i'm stern I, you know I, I play both sides of it where well if these guys are buying and we're not doing it or, or we we'll see how much we can pull back in terms of our marketing spend because these people are obsessed yeah. like this is like a drug they're gonna buy it regardless and i think we're starting to see the pendulum swing the other way where consumers are not rushing to go buy out a game before they've played it. And this makes sense. Right. Like, yeah, you should play before you pay this kind of money to make yeah. sure you enjoy the game. And I think we're starting to see more of that now. Right. Now, Chris, let's talk about the future because yeah. this isn't the end for you. So you're working on how many more projects for Stern coming up? Uh, well, for... For Stern, I'm working on one right now. Uh, that Stern never comes to me and says, uh, we've got this, that, and that. So when you're done with that, you're going to do this. I don't know if they just want me to focus or what, but they're just, you know, here's here's the game at hand, go. And, uh, and that's well underway. And I am, uh, to use the parlance of our times, balls deep <laughs> in a game for uh, Kapow, uh, to which I think I believe both of these games are scheduled for uh, Expo release next year. Wow! So it's going to be. So, so do you, you will you get your Expo vindication hopefully in 2018? <laughs> if there is an Expo, I don't know. This is, the last right. one was pretty weak. Now, um, so I, Kapow obviously Kapow made Batman 66, and yeah, I know you can't tell us what the title is, but are we talking about something that will pull on the nostalgia, 
gotcha heartstrings of people? Is it going to be something people are familiar with? It is something that people are extremely familiar with. Um, I think it's also something that some people thought would never happen. Um, <laughs> it's kind of tough to dance around this one. Uh, it's, it's very big. It's very big and it transcends, you know, it's not like, you know, well, you know, it's Superman and I like Marvel, you know, it's not one of those. This is something that crosses many, many cultures. It's the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. It's it's Noah's Ark, Super (laughs) Ellie Noah's Ark. To get it, Jody and Gary, you have to flood your home to get the pinball machine. (laughs) You have to walk on water. Yeah, you have to wash away all your other pinball machines to buy the super limited edition of Noah's Ark. And the crucified Jesus topper is brilliant. (laughs) Right, right. Well, we're excited for that. I I mean, and and I told you, know, I'm not going to ask you anything more. I, I think... Those nuggets alone will, will will keep people speculating for for an entire year. Um, in terms of the hobby now, now that you're in it, Chris, do you do you follow it a little bit more? Are you on Pinside? Are you sort of do you read up? I'm on kind what? I'm kind of a turned into a pinball junkie uh, when it comes to this stuff. You know, Pinside, not so much. Um, you know, I, I tuned in when Guardians was released to see what people would say because um, you can weed out you know the the people who go oh it looks like unicorn bark you know it doesn't bother me at all because those people are you know they're there and you know they're waiting so you read it and you're just like almost like you know they're so you know they come off so pathetic that it's like the joke's on them um not that everybody has to like my work but you know there were people who were like oh you know and they had constructive criticisms about it um, you know, they didn't say I dislike the whole thing, but you know, maybe this could have been this or whatever, you know, and those are reasonable people and and reasonable, uh, comments, but, uh, I'm more like, I've come, I've turned into this like pinball podcast junkie. Like uh, I'll get in in the morning and I'll, I've got uh, a couple of pages open, like yours is one. And then I've got this one that's like, you know, I don't know, FM player or something like the best pinball cup podcast. And there's like 10 of them on there. And then right. you just hit refresh and it'll, you know, <clears throat> of course, coast to coast pinball still says five weeks because that was their last episode. Um, Where is Nate anything... Shivers? I mean, I, I hope I, I, I hope he was going to come back more frequently. Yeah. The last thing he talked about was Pirates at Expo. And that's that's been a while now. Yeah, I wanted his thoughts on my game. Um, And what I really like about his podcast is he's kind of he's kind of like the calm, cool, collected voice of reason. Right. He doesn't get upset about anything. You you know, he's passionate about it, but he's he he doesn't fly off the handle. Um, I don't know anybody like that who has a podcast. I love when you flip out. It's like I always hope, like you know, I, I think there's only one one that I missed that went up and got taken down before I got to it. I'm like, damn it! <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my drunk ones are classic. Some guys have them on like yeah. auto download, and they should they should put them on eBay and sell them for <laughs> for a high profit. Um, yeah. Well, look, I mean, I I think you and I are probably guys who got into pinball a little bit later. It is an interesting hobby, and I think what makes pinball so fun is just how passionate the people in it are. Like, I, I don't think I've yeah. seen a hobby where 
literally there's not that much news but these people keep it going on a daily basis like no other oh, yeah. form i've seen yeah yeah that that and the people involved in doing it too um you know i was really impressed meeting meeting borg and, and talking to him about it um you know there's another thing that pisses me off is People are like, oh, just like Metallica, just like this, just like that. It's like, well, why, you know, did people ever think that pinball designers would have a style like an artist would right. or a musician would? You know, you hear an ACDC song and you know that's ACDC. You know, if you see a Picasso, you know it's Picasso. Um, you know, pinball designers, I'm sure, are the same way. There's things that they like. There's things they're comfortable with. There, there's things that they think are entertaining in pinball. And that's what's that's what makes them unique as a designer. And, and you know, when I compared this to Metallica, um, you know, there are similarities in the way it's laid out, but not not in the way it's played. But how, how much do you think you can get away with? You know, in this small field where a ball rolls around, you're like, wow, are we supposed to come out with some earth-shattering innovation every year right. on every machine? There's supposed to be some, well, the ball goes up the back glass, spits out this tube, comes down the side, right. goes through your pocket. You know, it's... The people who have that complaint, though, they, they are like the 0.01% of people who that, like have Who's memorized every single combo and shot and like and it's just like right. at the end of the day metallica is heralded as one of the greatest sterns of all time and so is iron man and if you put the two together how is that a negative <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah if you took the if you took the better things of both of those and you improved upon them and added more good stuff you know you've basically got uh you know a, a like a what do you call it? like a gene spliced baby you know of right. perfection so basically obviously it's going to be better than the machine that came out prior to that and that's all you hope for right. is this machine better than what's come out before it yes is right. it light years away probably not but what the hell do you want right well <laughs> you know, we're not driving around in space cars you know after we drove a 74 grand torino we, we're gonna have to get there right right what's, what's what's amazing to me too is is, is you know Stern announced this game just a few weeks ago, and when someone sent me a picture of Guardians going out to a customer today, and I, I know someone already has it in their game room, th that's where they're just always going to win because they get people a product. Now, what state that product is in will always be the debate on pin side, but how many other manufacturers out there have yet to even give people a game they paid for years ago? Oh yeah. You know, there's less yeah. than, less than a hundred people even have their alien pinball machine, and it was announced in 2014. He started taking money, so yeah. I think yeah. patience goes along with pinball now. I think if you want a cadence of games to come out, you're gonna know if you go in as an early adopter, it's probably not gonna be finished. You, and by now, you know that. So if you're gonna go in early, I don't want to hear any complaining anymore because it's just the way it is. It's right, just yeah. the way it is, and, and rolling the dice with a you know fly by night company as well. Right, yeah. Do you people know? actually think Lyman's not going to finish Batman? I mean, do people think that Stern's not going to get to it? They'll get to it. I mean, yes. If the game comes out and no one buys it, they might cut bait on some games every once in a while. But yeah. that's just the way it works with with, with these things. So, right, Chris. Well, you said it yourself. As yep. far as Lyman goes, his his average is around seven hundred days to get 
code where it's supposed to be. So he's still got, what, 300 days on credit? He's got another why, year. Why he's got another year to go. Like he's yeah. at 0.81, and 1.0 is usually where, you know, where it's considered done, but then he always seems to go a little bit past that and polish the game. Like I think, you know, we all know that he's a big fan of Batman, and so is George Gomez, and, and they're not going to stop until it, 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 it has the Lyman magic in there. Um, and I think all the owners are going to be satisfied in the end. Would I want to have owned that machine for that year, the last year? Probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know what? It still works better than the machine I'm staring at right now. So if anyone wants to trade a Batman Super Ali for a Magic Girl and some cash, come over. I'll make you that trade tonight. Cause... Get your box of lights right here. Get your box yeah. of lights. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating than a game that will never work. So... <laughs> so, well, Chris, I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time. We're right around the hour mark. Um, I enjoy talking to you on a daily basis. For those of you out there, I can tell you this guy cares. He's very passionate. I think he poured a ton of passion into this project. I think the game looks great. I think now it's up to people out there to play the game. Make sure you like it. If the code's not where you want it to be, you can always wait. Um, you're going to have to, you know, if you want an LE, you're going to have to figure out can you get it before it sells out? Will it sell out? That's just something that all of us buyers just have to weigh when we go in on these machines. But Chris, I think yeah. the game looks amazing. I Thank think you. it's going to shoot amazing. Um, you know, and I, I can't wait to play it. That's all I can say. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll have one in New York City soon. Any, any closing words before we talk again on this podcast in the future? Uh, well, uh, a thank you to everybody who uh, who has been positive about it, because um, those comments don't mean a lot. Um, you know, it's nice to know when you put that much time into something that people appreciate it. You, you know, you you don't want to uh, throw something out there for that long and just have like a yawn. You know, <laughs> right, <laughs> I guess right. it's part of it's part of what I do. So uh, shout out to those people and uh, and a big thank you for the support and uh, a shout out to my brothers in pinball, uh, Mr. Jeremy. Zombie Yeti and Dirty Donnie, the, as people call us, the trifecta of stern pinball art. Right, right. Um, and uh, and to you, I suppose, having me on well, for uh, well, thank a you. And one final question: as a DC guy, yes, did you see Justice League yet? I did not, because um, I I tend to avoid the crowds. Yeah, well, you, you know, should also like avoid the movie. It's hard. They, DC, I mean. Something's got to. They got to get things back on track. They, well, yeah, they, I'm, I, that's another thing. I'm not really too excited to see it. I'm a huge Batman fan, but the whole thing looks so gloomy, and you know, I just don't know the whole. You know, what's with this gray color palette? I, that's Batman's world, not everybody's world. This right. is Batman's world. They made Superman dark. They ruined his entire universe. Like Metropolis is happy go lucky, and that's what makes it interesting yeah. when it collides with the darkness of Gotham. But now it's all just dark psychoanalytical great yeah. days <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know I've, I've heard some good reviews i know there's a lot of stinker reviews i know it's doing like shit on uh rotten tomatoes but uh i'm still gonna go see it i just i prefer to go see it when there's you know 20 people in the theater rather than 200 because everyone's right. yapping and cell phones are going off and right. people are screaming at the screen and i just want to put my feet up on the seat in front of me and take it all in so right. i'll wait a week or so okay well we'll talk offline about it if you liked it or Definitely. not, I, I, I thought it was horrible. But anyway, Chris, thank you for joining <laughs> us. Um, we'll talk soon. And, and everyone, if you haven't 
checked I mean everyone's checked out Guardians and you've seen the gameplay footage now I, I encourage everyone to go play the game in the next few weeks and your friends will probably have it soon so congrats to Stern and to Christopher Franchi and John Borg and Lonnie for getting a game out in you know that what it's 2017 and we're all enjoying pinball that's a miracle this this device should be obsolete by now but it is not because of gentlemen like Mr. Franchi so thank you Chris <laughs> you got it thank you yeah. sir all right. Cause I'm only human.